Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. It's a mama talk. I hope you love me still. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, today I pray that you would stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Father, I ask that you'd release supernatural strategies to us to help us, Lord, to recognize, Lord, what you would have us to do. Give us ears to hear your voice, God. And Lord, I pray that you'd provoke people as they hear this, as they watch this, to know that you are for us, know that you are wanting to help us, that you're wanting to help us in every moment, in every situation. God, I'm asking that you would help us make a that you, I thank you, you do make a way where there seems to be no way, but that you'd help us to listen to your promptings. Help us to recognize the empowerment of your help. Help us to remember who we are and what you've given to us, and help us to walk in your ways. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, as I was coming in today, I um, got to, I smelt the coffee and drifted out to the coffee shop. And I met uh, Judy and Kent from Thailand. Where are you? Can you come up? I would love for them to just share. Could I have a microphone? I'd love for them to just share. This is uh, such a wonderful story. These guys are missionaries in Thailand. Would you honor them? They're here on furlough. It's so awesome. Hey. And, um, and Judy was healed last time she was here. Can you just share with them, them briefly what happened? And I've been hearing some great testimonies too coming out. Sure. It was almost three years ago that I came to the service here. Um, and ultimately, I was healed of leukemia with no medical treatment. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> Since that time, Ken and I, we pray for many people in many different countries, um, everywhere we go, and many have been healed of every unthinkable thing, not just leukemia and cancer, um, but reconstruction of knees and um, the blind uh, have had sight. So, yes, I'll, I'll tell you one story. We were in the old city of Jerusalem, just visiting, and I asked the Lord to bring the person beside us that would show us around the old city of Jerusalem. And a man that probably was a little bit shonky <laughs> came and he was an Armenian Jew and he wanted to show us around the city. So we let him show us around because I felt he was the one that God had sent. He wasn't the one I would choose, but at the end he, he wanted a lot of money and and he said, I get, I'm blind in one eye. I need injections every month in that eye and they're very expensive. So I said to him, I can save you that money. And I said, can I pray for you? And I put my hand on his eye. Kent put his hand on his shoulder and we prayed. He received his sight. <laughs> he doesn't even, didn't even believe in Jesus. And so he hugged me, he threw his arms around me. He was so excited, as you can imagine. And he said, you have the gift, you have the gift. And I said, I cannot heal anybody. Your Messiah, Yeshua, healed you today. So he stood back 
after he'd hugged me, when I said that right in his ear as he hugged me, and I saw the Spirit of God enter through his eyes and just go in, he met his Messiah that day. Yeah, come on. That's awesome. Well done, guys. Thank you so much. That's so exciting. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I actually, I wrote about Judy's testimony in in one of my books uh, about how you'd actually felt the wind of the Holy Spirit go through your body like a whirlwind during one of our communion groups. They'd come as new visitors and shared communion with us. And the Holy Spirit has just done the most wonderful work of healing. It's glorious. So Father, we give you all the thanks and all the praise. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? I love hearing the good news of the gospel. Well, I wanna share with you today um, a scripture that I've been meditating on. And if if you wanna turn with me, I'm gonna read out of Mark chapter six. Hallelujah. As I've been speaking with other prophets in New Zealand and Australia and around the world, we've been hearing continually the, the declaration, behold, I do a new thing. It's a new era. In fact, when I was in Christchurch last weekend, on the Friday, I was summing up a lot of the prophetic words that we were hearing, and I said, it's actually eight years to the day since the really big Christchurch earthquake. And I said, eight's the number of new beginnings. It's a new day, it's a new era. And as I said that, I didn't realize it, but it was actually to the minute when the earthquake had struck uh, in the middle of the day. And I believe that was a sign and a wonder, a confirmation from the Lord saying, hey, don't remember the former things. I have got an assignment for you, that this is a new day, and it's a season of divine acceleration. I go to a lot of airports, and they often have those walkways, those motorized walkways. And when you get on the walkway, you keep walking. You can walk faster than the people beside you because you've got the motorized thing really annoys me when people get on those walkways and they just stand there. <laughs> like, hey, people. <laughs> I try to exercise patience. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But the idea of the walkway is that it accelerates your walking. It's a walkway, not a wait way. Just saying. <laughs> but you know, I think, and Tom and I have been walking kilometers, I think, on those things in the last year. But I I think that the Holy Spirit is saying something to us as well, in that in this season of acceleration, it's not just something that we're supposed to stand around and go, isn't this great, and get swept along by the wave. God wants us to catch the wave, which means we gotta start swimming before it even hits, so that we can maximize the acceleration that's upon us and hit the mark. I believe that it's a time when we need to focus clearly on the cause, on what God is really saying, so that as the acceleration hits, as the wave comes, as the flood comes in, we're swept toward what we're focusing on, hallelujah, and not just going with the ride. This is a time of great promotion for those who are willing to stay focused. This is a time of dreams coming true. 
we're people who've dreamt things in the spirit and have long waited to see miracles, have long waited to see breakthroughs, this is a time you will see it if you keep your eyes fixed. You will reap if you faint not, hallelujah. And in this season, if you can imagine a supernatural acceleration, focus becomes more important than ever, hallelujah. And also, when you are moving at high speed, obedience becomes really important as well. You know, if you break a, a road rule at 100 kilometers an hour, it's a whole lot more serious and potentially dangerous than it is when you are just learning in the car park. So we need to, ha we need to realize this is the best and most glorious hour the church has ever been in, but it's also the most time where we need to walk in the fear of the Lord because God is about to do unthinkable things beyond what you can ask, hope, or imagine, beyond what you can even think, it tells us in Ephesians 3. Hallelujah. And he's doing new things. I was interesting hearing in, um, in New Zealand, one of the prophets sharing that, uh, about this story from Mark 6, and I wanna share it with you today. It's just after this, the um, feeding of the 5,000, and verse 47, now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and Jesus was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it's I, don't be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. It's a really interesting story. You can read more detailed account of it in Matthew. Jesus is walking on the water, would have passed them by, and Peter cries out, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come to you on the water. And we know the story. Jesus said, yes, come to me. And he gets out of the boat and walked on the water. But I wanna look at this today and, and there's a few things I wanna bring out. Firstly, Janet Chambers in, the, in New Zealand, she was pointing out that they saw Jesus, but they didn't realize it was him. They thought it was a ghost. In fact, they were calling something of God demonic because they didn't recognize it. It came in a way they didn't expect. And you know, when God's about to do something new, we need to be careful that we don't call what is of God of the devil just because we haven't experienced it before. I'm wondering what it's actually gonna look like, this next move of the Holy Spirit. We need to be careful not to become such experts in the last move that we end up persecutors of the next move, but that we maintain a childlike humility that's, that says, God, my eyes are fixed on you. Help me, help me, help me be a flexible wineskin that can move with you, that can discern you. You know, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus turned up and they didn't recognize him, but they said afterwards, did not our hearts burn within us? 
You know, I believe as the Holy Spirit moves in new ways in this coming time, you may, it may not, you may not understand it with your head, but those who know God will know Him because it will burn in their spirits. They will sense Him. They may not be comfortable with what they're seeing, but they will, they'll, their hearts will burn. They'll go, that's my God, that's my Jesus, I can feel Him, hallelujah. So I, I believe prophetically we need to prepare and be ready for whatever the Lord wants to do in this new season. I believe it really is uh, about the harvest in this coming time. And it will be glorious. And God is going to supernaturally empower His people to do the unthinkable, glorious things beyond what they've imagined. But today, as I'm looking at this scripture, I wanna, I wanna draw your attention to where he's talking about, it says, Jesus would have passed them by. And I look at that and I think that's so amazing. It tells us here that he saw them having some trouble, that they were straining, that the winds were blowing, if you read in Matthew, that it was getting pretty serious and pretty hectic, and they were, they were under strain and under duress. So, so Jesus comes walking on the water, looking at them. And you know, many people interpret that different ways, but I think the Lord was trying to provoke them because when you look at the scripture, it says, they had forgotten, they hadn't understood the miracle of the loaves and the fishes that they'd just seen. Bill Johnson teaches really well on this, where he, he says the miracles of the loaves and the fishes were Jesus told them, you feed them. You do something about it. And so they were, they, in that situation, I believe the Father was wanting them to remember, hey, Jesus has given you authority. You do something about this storm. Don't just keep fighting in the natural. Do something in the spiritual. You've just done something in my name and saw a great breakthrough. Hey, so, so Jesus wants to help them. He's out there walking on water. Hey, guys. Notice miracle happening in front of your eyes. Does that remind you of anything that you might have just experienced. I think he was trying to provoke them to remember, oh, that's right, that's right. God's with us. But I also look at that and I think very often when we start to get into difficult situations, the Holy Spirit is there, our comforter, right there, trying to obviously get our attention and trying to help us. He's there trying to help us remember who he is and who we are. Remember the weapons of our warfare are carnal but mighty to the strong, pulling down of strongholds. He wants to help us. But we, if we're not careful, we can miss the help that he wants to bring. We can miss the reminder, the prompting that he wants to give us by either calling it demonic or not acknowledging it. Now I get myself into trouble occasionally, occasionally. I remember once um, I, I was on Facebook and someone had made some comments on a post I'd done that were a bit, bit nasty. And I thought to myself, 
that's not, that's not, that's not even right. That's not even fair. If, if they just knew my, if they knew my heart, they wouldn't have said that. They, you know, they, I need to explain this. I need them to understand that's not who I am. That's, that's, why would they say that? I, if I could explain it to them, then maybe they would understand. And so I go to write something and I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just looking at me going, I wouldn't do it. I knew he was going, not a good plan, Catherine. I could feel it. He's just there going, really not awesome idea. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, don't, don't do that. And I still thought to myself, no, if they just knew my heart, if they could just know my heart, then I'll, everything will be all right. They should love me. So off I go, write an explanation. My old mentor said, never explain. Your friends don't need an explanation and your enemies will never accept one. But at that point, I felt like I could really do something here. So I'm trying to explain my heart. And all of a sudden, this person behind the keyboard that I thought was just a little misguided suddenly turned into a really scary, vitriolic, scary person. And I realized, ah, I just took the lid off something I really didn't need to take the lid off. I've just engaged with somebody who was just looking for a platform to eat me alive. I thought, oh, I knew you were, I knew you were telling me not to do it, but I did it anyway. Oh, sorry, God. Block, delete, block, delete, delete, block, block, delete. <laughs> just a heads up, not everyone who says they're your friend is your friend. Now, well, my friend on Facebook, along with 17,000 other people, but... <laughs> but, you know, I think we've got to be wise. We've got to learn that Jesus is continually trying to help us if we would only look to see. He wants to remind us of the truths that he's talked about taught us. He wants to reveal his word to us. He wants to provide us with help in every single little situation. And, you know, I was thinking, as I was thinking about this today, I was thinking, you know, people, why do people do that? Why do the body of Christ have each other for dinner? Why are they like that? You know, and I don't mean in a kind way. I mean cannibalistically. Why, why do they do that? And the Lord just reminded me of, um, of David, the story of David when David went to the, the army who were being intimidated by Goliath. And the older brother Eliab says, whoa, as, Joseph, as, as David started to make noise about, hey, who gets to take the giant out? God's with us. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. We've got a promise. This is awesome. Who gets to take him out? Eliab gets all upset and offended and starts attacking David and saying, who do you think you are? You're not even part of the army. Where are those few sheep you've left in the wilderness? You've got a proud heart. And you know, he began to engage in a, a nasty way with, with David, began to have an infighting 
And David's response is so classic. He says, is there not a cause? And then he turns and starts asking the question again. Okay, who's gonna take him out? Who's gonna take Goliath out? And it reminded me, when the body of Christ loses focus on the main cause, that's when the infighting happens. I've been in countries where they are under severe persecution, and I tell you, the unity among the, the churches is astonishing. They are not dividing over non-essential doctrines, they're backing each other up because they're realizing the real fight isn't within, it's without. It's out there. And you know, I believe in this season of a, this new era, there is a supernatural awakening to the true cause. What's this all about? If you've got time to be attacking brothers and sisters and ministers you've never met and have your opinion about that, you've forgotten the main purpose of what you're meant to be in the body for. You were created to be salt and light in the earth. There are people dying and going to eternal hell. And if you're giving your life to trying to correct someone else that's winning the loss but perhaps doesn't hold a doctrine that you agree with, you are missing the whole point. You're missing the main war. We gotta be really careful. When we start to get embroiled in little dramas, it's a great sign that we have lost focus on the real cause on the real purpose of what we are here for. We are here to love him and love one another. We are here to share the good news of the gospel. And Lou Engel's been declaring this new Jesus movement. And, and it's a reflection, an echo of the Jesus people movement that happened in the 70s. I was born in 1970, so I was still a baby. Just putting it out there. But during that time, it became a normal thing that Christians just would make a decision in their heart. I'm not gonna go to bed at nighttime until I've shared the gospel with at least one person. It wasn't legalistic, it was just, this is just what it looks like. And I believe there is a seismic shift happening in the body of Christ right now, where we are going from a complacent, feed me, all about me, narcissistic mentality, to a recognition, I've been given freely, I've received, so freely I, have, I wanna give. I'm compelled by the love of Christ to share the good news of the gospel, no matter what it costs me. But one of the good things I believe in this new era is instead of rising up an army of people, many of whom just love to speak the truth rather than speaking the truth in love, we're gonna have an army of people who love people and love to speak the truth in a genuine love that doesn't judge people, but invites them into relationship with Christ, tells them the truth about eternity, and shows them the way of life. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's breathing on us. And, but then as I look at this, this scripture, more and more I see the heart of Jesus. He's so amazing. He wants us to realize that we're not little victims, but that we are empowered. He was trying to get them to remember. Remember the loaves and the fishes? You broke the bread, you, you, you handed it out. I, I did it, 
and you manifested it. You, you went out, and as they handed it out, it kept, it kept multiplying. God wants us to realize that he has given us his power to show the world the love that he has. That he wants us to know that even as Judy shared, that we don't have to um, sit at a distance and beg God, but we can give him all the glory by giving freely what he's given to us. And that is power in the name of Jesus to do the same works he did and greater works. Amen? Instead of being... Uh, playing the role of uh, taking a cop out and saying, well, I don't know, maybe God wills. God wills. He said, when you go into a town, heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Freely you've received, freely give. It's the will of God. Jesus told us, we are told throughout Scripture that every person that came to Jesus asking for healing was healed. Everyone. Everyone without exception. And then he said, the same works that I do and greater works will they do. Those who believe, these signs will follow those who believe. He wants us to freely give it because he so longs for us to be the light of the world, to be those that would walk in holy authority. The last point I wanna bring out from this is The disciples, if you can imagine them in the middle of the night with all the wind and the waves, they're straining at the rowing, they're they're struggling with the fight that they feel that they're in, fight for their lives, not realizing that the fight they're fighting is not actually the main issue. You see, sometimes when you get under attack and stuff comes, we can become so focused on, on what's going on. We can become so focused on attack and the, and the things that are going on that we forget Jesus has already overcome. He's already assured us of victory, that he doesn't want us distracted by opposition. Instead, he wants us to continue dreaming about the future, knowing that he has already given us power to speak peace to the storm, to declare the word of the Lord. And we already know that even though in this world we, we have trouble, we can take heart because he has overcome the world. In other words, opposition is not designed to take your focus and take you out. It is just something for you to be able to put the Word of God out to and declare and enforce the victory of Jesus and then say, now let's keep our eyes on the main cause, on the main prize, on the dreams that He's put in front of us. If you are being surrounded right now with all sorts of opposition, health attacks, financial attacks, family stuff, Don't let your focus go completely to all of that, but recognize that as that's going on, God has given you weapons of warfare that are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. He's given you power. He's given you promises that are yes and amen, and that as you put that out there and as you fight that fight, you can know there is a higher cause and that the purposes of God will be fulfilled. Hallelujah. If the enemy can distract you with opposition, he can shut down the mission. But there will be opposition. The Bible tells us in this world, you will have trouble. But 
Don't get overwhelmed by the trouble. Don't get absorbed by the trouble. Don't get all your conversation, you talk about the trouble. Take heart, that is, stir yourself with hope. Remember the promises of God. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, you promised me. You promised me with long life you'd satisfy me and show me your salvation. You promised me that you heal all my diseases. You promised me that you provide all of my needs according to your riches in glory. You said that uh, my children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of my children. You said that you began, who began a good work in me, you will carry it through to completion. You begin to declare the promises of God and that, and know in your heart, take heart. That's done, That's de- that, God's already got that. Even if I haven't seen the breakthrough, he's already assured that. So now, what's the main cause? What's the main cause? Let's not get caught up with infighting or even with spiritual battles. We do. We fight with the Word of God, but we don't allow it to take and consume our focus. Instead, let's mount up on wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, see from an eagle-eyed perspective the bigger picture, soaring above the winds and the storms and recognizing this too shall pass, but the Word of the Lord shall stand forever. Hallelujah. They shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before him. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. Some of you remember it. And all the trees of the fields will clap their hands. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. Trees of the fields will clap their hands as we go out with joy. If you don't know it, you just sang a passage of scripture. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for scripture and song. Praise the Lord. And Sunday school. But that's a word from the Lord right now. They will go out, not with like, oh, I'm just doing my job. They'll go out with joy. They'll be led forth with peace. Not a few of them that don't have any troubles, but the people of God, no matter what they're facing, have the promise of God. You know, I've said it for many weeks now that the Lord has said, don't touch the oil and the wine. Even in the midst of tribulation and trial and trouble, God has commanded that the oil and the wine will not be touched because you have access continuously to joy and peace that will never be taken from you no matter what you're going through. Hallelujah. They will go out with joy. They will be led forth with peace. And the mountains of society, the trees of the field, they'll clap their hands because God will cause the people of God to begin to take their rightful place, not hide in the caves like victims, but in this season, the light of God is shining upon us. He's saying, arise, shine, for your light has come. Amen. Thank you, Papa. Holy Spirit, come. I wanna ask you today, if you're here and you know in your heart you haven't made that conscious choice 
to cross the line and say, I, I don't want to live in the dark anymore. I wanna make a choice to say yes to Jesus. I wanna pray for you today. You know, many people believe in God, they even agree with everything we're saying, but it's more than that. To come into the kingdom requires an act of your will that says, I wanna choose God. I wanna choose him as my Lord and my Savior. I've tried my way and I want God's way now. I wanna surrender my life to the Father. I want him to come into my life, make me new on the inside. I recognize I need mercy and forgiveness. Bible says that every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us need a savior. The difference between the saved and the unsaved begins when, the, when they say, I need help, I need mercy, and I believe Jesus gives it to me. I believe he was punished for my sin and I choose to receive what I can have no part in earning. I choose to receive the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of mercy, the gift of forgiveness. I want him to come into my life, give me light on the inside. And you know, when you do that, the Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you. He longs to have relationship with you, but it's a choice you get to make. Do you wanna live for yourself? Do you wanna have your life and your morals molded by the world and the shifting sands of society? Or do you wanna anchor yourself on the one firm foundation that will never change, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, the rock, hallelujah. If you're here today and you say, I, I wanna make that choice, I wanna give my life to Christ, I wanna pray for you. If you say, yes, that's me, I need to respond to the mercy of God. I want today to be the day I cross the line and come into the kingdom. Let me just see your hand, I wanna pray for you before we take communion together. Is there anyone here that says, yes, that's me? God bless you, God bless you, that's so awesome. Anybody else, I see you, that's so beautiful. Praise the Lord, God bless you. All of heaven's rejoicing about you. Is anybody else that says, yes, that's me. I wanna make that choice today. I wanna cross the line and say yes to Jesus. Anybody else who say, that's me. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website www.glorycitychurch.com.au We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au God bless.